Hey there, skips and skipperettes from all across the wild and untamed electronic wasteland, known only as Internet Land. Welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. So this episode is a little out of order. Uh, This one was supposed to air seven weeks ago, and then we had a strange and wonderful little magic happen that we call the Nerdist Bump. Uh, So we switched around some episodes, did some promotion, met a lot of new friends, and we slid this episode down the line just a bit. Now, because of that, there's a few topics, I think mainly in the second episode, that aren't quite as topical. Price increases, measles, 60th anniversary announcements, what have you. Uh, This episode is with one of the most vivacious, funny, and beautiful skippers that I had the pleasure of working with. Over the last 10 years, she was known within the jungle as the Doctor. I mean, that's right, not some British guy in a blue box, but the jungle's very own Dr. Stephanie Grace, attorney at law. She joins us for the first of her two-part episodes. I worked with the lovely skipper Stephanie starting back in 2006, and we quickly became the best of acquaintances. But whenever we chat, we have a great time, and her sense of humor and mine apparently went to the same elementary school, and I don't think they ever graduated. Now, we're approaching a big round number for our likes over on Facebook, so head on over there and uh, give us a like. It's a great place for you to find out about new episodes, as well as getting your daily dose of Jungle Cruise and Disney news, vintage photos, and fun videos. We have a great time putting it together, and we'd love to see you there. Once again, facebook.com slash C-R-E-W-S. Lots and lots of fun stuff coming up in the next few weeks, so stay tuned. And now I am so proud to present a purely fun and whimsical episode. Season 4, Episode 16, Dr. Stephanie Grace, Attorney at Law. Kungaloosh, everyone. a lot of things in the last four years of doing podcasts uh getting a good windscreen for my microphone because when we started i would tape it um outside trader sam's right? outside trader sam's a lot and yeah. oh that was never a good idea we'd oh have, yeah <laughs> we have hawaiian guitar music in the back of the episode. i mean that's kind of cool <laughs> i just it's so weird the guys at trader sam's the the songs they pull out mm-hmm. i mean it's just like really you're gonna do a hawaiian version of 411 that's how does that work exactly i'm not sure uh, this, no, they, this Sublime. It was they did Sublime. What like did they Hawaiian do? The Hawaiian guitar version of it was one of the few unoffensive Sublime songs. There's so few of them. Um, Bad fish. No, I, I that I, one would make sense. Yeah, maybe it, I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but it was very strange. It was almost like um, Tomorrowland Terrace back in I want to say it was 2001 when I just got hired. They had a rock band who was doing the um, the song about crystal meth. The um, Ah, the little red panties on the floor. I think I know your song. Ah, I can't think of the name of the song, but it was just like the least appropriate song yeah. ever to play at Disneyland. Um, yeah. Uh, semi-Trump kind of life. Oh my gosh, yes. yes. So that's like, yeah, really that's inappropriate. the least appropriate. Because that song is about crystal meth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and not even, it's not even veiled. 
Yeah. Really, like if you're, I guess if you're like ten, maybe you don't understand it. But <laughs> well, but and, and, you know, you had, um, I guess, uh, um, suburban uh, suburban legends. Suburban legends played recently, like a week or two ago, tomorrow mm-hmm. winter. So they're actually back. I thought they they were off doing other things, but for a long time they were at downtown Disney yeah. like every weekend. So yeah, and you have a lot of people who are like really into suburban legends. Yeah, they uh, they're on Spotify. Oddly enough, I actually saw them. To check them out, then. So, all right. So, I'll, I'll do the uh, yes, the two minute pre roll where we confuse people with early banter. Um, so, we're coming up uh, three and a half years of podcast magic, and yet somehow with our friendship, this is the first time we've sat down to talk. Uh, so, I'm sitting here with uh, Skipper Stephanie Grace. Is that how we're doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, Doctor Stephanie Grace. Doctor Stephanie Grace, attorney at law. So. <laughs> Somewhere here, Captain Josh made me a, uh, let me show you, he made me a, a business card. It's uh, all bloody. It looks kind of like, uh, it looks a little bit, it's, it's a period piece. Um, <laughs> there. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Quote doctor. Uh, nice. I, I always think, whenever anyone says attorney at law, I think Harvey Birdman. Yeah, yeah. So. That's a show that, that if you don't get pop culture references, that is not the show for you. I love that show. You're a very pop culture reference girl. That was, uh, you, you know, I think you're in tune with things. That's I always am. something I've appreciated. Thank you. Uh, so in, in the time we work together, um, uh, I'm actually going to go opposite. Usually what I do is like a whole bunch of bantery stuff. And then we kind of get into, oh, when did you work at Disneyland and all that fun stuff. Mm. Uh, I'm going to kind of go opposite. I want to do the the... The you know hard stuff you know the the biting yeah. questions the first hard stuff is, that, yeah, is, <laughs> but no I mean because you were just saying you started in oh six two thousand six yes I started in two thousand six when I was nineteen and uh, for those of you who can't do math uh, she's still nineteen yeah um, <laughs> but uh, yeah so we started we were working together that was on my second tour at the jungle um, then uh, so. You were doing college at the time, or you just came over right from high yeah, school? Yeah, I was going to Fullerton College, where all the cool kids go, and um, I was working at Tuesday morning, and they had an at-will employment thing, and so I went, and I wanted to get into puppeteering, um, but I heard you had to get in the business and, like, yeah, in the company. It's a high-demand thing with puppeteering, you know? It's yeah. yeah. Bob Baker, you had to do an internship up there at the marionette thing. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, I went to a, a business or sorry, a, a job fair. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm really awkward on your thing, but I guess I'll get over that. <laughs> that's, that's all. Well, it, it, think of it just like you were in a boat. So just cramp your hand like it was stuck around a microphone. Okay. Uh, have your, have your uh, feet feel cold because you're standing in a foot of bilge. Um, even during the summer you had, you know, the inch deep of water. And I'm going to do the winter one where like you're wearing the gloves, but they make your hands colder because they take on oh, water. No, you know, <laughs> So here was the trick that I did, and huh. it, it snuck by. Like, I don't think I ever had a, a lead call me on it, is I would wear the crappy white cotton gloves that they would give us, mm-hmm. but I would put on a pair of white latex gloves underneath them. I've seen people do that. And it's it's the only way to keep the moisture off your hands, and it actually creates a little bit of insulation. That's nice. But it, oh yeah, the white cotton gloves we had to wear in the winter were just Yeah, they would make your hands bad. colder. Than if you weren't wearing them, because they would just grab the water, and then the water would make you cold. There's a whole thing about um, getting pieces, getting um, costume pieces that look really, really close to the costume issue ones, mm-hmm. but that are actually effective. So I had a scarf that looked exactly like the Disney issue scarf, mm-hmm. same kind of width, same kind of a feel, but it was like a heavier, better material. 
ne- no one ever questioned it. Yeah. I had gloves, you know, the white cotton gloves. I got ones that were slightly better. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, the, some of the things they give you. And then I, when I left, they were like, yeah, you have like 32 pairs of gloves checked out. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> They're gloves. <laughs> Who I cares? Them back to you. Yeah. Uh, so 2006, you came out. Was Jungle your first? Uh... Jungle was my first attraction. I went in and I thought, if I can't do puppeteering immediately, uh, how do I get in the Jungle Cruise? And as a child, I'd always wanted to do the Jungle Cruise um, my entire life, but I always assumed I wasn't funny enough and that there would be a healthy audition course that I would fail. And then I got there and they were basically like, can you stand? You're hired. <laughs> I, I, I think, I, I don't know if you saw the pictures of this. So when I got married November before last, um, my wife, for our uh, you know present to each other, she bought me custom-made Muppets of her and me. Aww. So she went to the, it's now defunct, but the, the, the What's It factory, the FAO Schwartz, had this thing where you could design a Muppet online. That's amazing. That was actually Henson approved. They, they did all the design. The materials are super quality. So she got me this amazing like lounge jacket smoking jacket muppet that's supposed to be me and she has this so i've always thought i went back and went, why couldn't i have had a muppet like that on on a hand to do, you know that would be very like the 1995 narrations department that's the kind yeah. of thing they would sanction but yeah. uh, now it would be like Nowadays. no god no yeah well when i hired in i know that we had we were wearing the indie costumes yep and it was just for a hot second when i hired in maybe like six months we had that costume and it was the best because I had a little doctor's pin mm-hmm. and I had, I don't know if you remember my white pith helmet mm-hmm. that I used to wear. And it was so nice because it like the air went through it mm-hmm. and it was shady. Yep. And my mom said I looked like the boss because my hat was different. Mm-hmm. And then they took my, it all away. My, my pith helmet, um, the first time I was there from 03 to 05, 02 to 05, I actually had a, a traditional British pith helmet. That was the white one with the traditional shape and uh-huh, the, the lanyard. Yeah. So it was the um, a number of people referred to it as being shaped like a piece of the male anatomy. Which uh, was, <laughs> and there were a few people uh, who were a little <laughs> a little freaked out by it and would not want to have it be around them. It was very strange. People um, are always so afraid of things but, that look like genitals. Yeah, but I actually got it through uh, approved through management at the time. Mm. And then when I left, I, I gifted it to someone who uh, ended up being a trainer. And who uh, put it on the wall of shame for things you should never wear? Who was this trainer? Uh, it's 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 not important. So then, um, when I when I came back the third time for employment, I may have found a way to reappropriate that helmet back. <laughs> so it's back in my collection, a little worse for wear. But, Excellent. Uh, but yeah, no. So it was. I always liked when you could have those little costume touches. I thought I, I understand why they don't anymore, but. I don't. Uh, uh, F that. Yeah. <laughs> F your costume standards. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they paid me, so, you know, I yeah. wore what they told me to. So, yeah. So, so was Jungle uh, where you started? Yeah. It was the first one. I was trained by Jordan, who is oh, I like the Jordan. best trainer in the world. He trained me and Renzo. And Renzo is going to be the president of the Disney company any day now. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I love Renzo. I do, too. Um... But, uh, yeah, and it was my first one, and I just, I loved it so much, and I was just so happy 
to be there. And when I first, like, started training, I thought that I would, like, probably start somewhere, like, loading the boats, and then eventually they would let me. I had all these ideas. This is this grand <laughs> vision of, of how amazing skippers are. Yeah. But, is it, but, you know, isn't it great that when you're actually in that role, then you've been through all that and you go, oh, this wasn't hard. But everyone in this boat thinks it is. Everyone thinks that you're entertainment and you're paid like entertainment and they're yes. so... Like, that's, you know, one of the reasons I had to come back after I left the first time was because I went to a call center. And you tell people you work at a call center, and they're like, uh-huh. And you say they work at the Jungle Cruise, they're like, oh my god, you must be hilarious. You're the coolest person I know. It, it is that instant fame. that It's that instant, yeah. you know, recognition for, for, you know, how people appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's definitely... It's definitely something I miss. So I know you st- You were there after I left in 08, um, mm-hmm. early 08. So, and, then, and do I remember you were over at Indy as well? Yes. I yes. was at Indiana Jones. Uh, I liked Indiana Jones yeah, a it, lot. It was a good variety, <laughs> especially during the winter. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was Our, nice to occasionally have air conditioning in the summer and a roof in the winter. Those are good things. Yeah, and, you know, you get a lot more fun, exciting, you know, stories and, you know, jungle's fun, but it's generally the same thing. Like, you know, well, I had to tell a million people to sit down today. Like, it's just, you don't get, you know. And then the guy cut himself out of his seatbelt. Uh, uh, you do know that my career has been four years of telling people interesting jungle stories, right? That's uh, that's kind of what the podcast what? is all about. No. Yes. No. Oh, I've had years and years of... <laughs> <clears throat> It's funny that it's every generation it's the same the same story. Hey, there was this one time where there was soap in the water and Schweitzer Falls got bubbles up to the waist, and I've heard that from three different generations. Uh, now, so. I've I've never seen that actually yeah. happen. Um, I mean, there's definitely tons. There's a lot more of um, things that happen with cast members at Jungle, in my opinion. Whereas Indy, it was a lot more funny guest interactions because yeah. people are crazy over there. You know. Um, but yeah. I, I liked Indy a lot. <laughs> I, I enjoy. I mean, it's it's. I, I think as with anything, I mean, everyone's going to get the kind of strokes that work for them. I mean, you know, some people love certain things. You know, I I enjoyed uh, Lincoln for a while, and then mm. uh, then I didn't enjoy it anymore. And that's that's one of the things I liked was there was a little variety. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so jungle wise, um, you know, we one of the things that that was an early impression that I had of you. And you can tell me if this is wrong or right. Um, I'm, I'm sure you know of the the, the female skipper stereotype, the, mm-hmm. the perception that women are on a different tier of humor value than men. Yeah. Uh, I immediately, when I looked at you, said, no one's going to say that about you. Uh, you were very quickly and easily a consistently funny person. And uh, I, I never had that perception. I mean, not that I did of other people. Yeah. It's not that I looked at that woman and said, oh, she's not funny. Well, but it's, it's impossible but to it's, not. It's, but it might be that person might not be perceived yeah. as funny as easily. And yeah. I, I always thought you had the timing and the, the feel for it. Um, did you feel that way? Yeah, actually, I did. Like, it's one of those things where I do give myself full credit. Um, <laughs> uh you know, I, I feel like I, get, I went in there and I, I think one person made a comment about me being a woman and not being funny, but that was before they went on my boat. Mm-hmm. And then somebody immediately was like, you shut your mouth. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely in the ego department, Jungle's always been really good for me because, you know, I, I felt like I was never a terrible skipper. Um, you know, obviously everybody starts out. And even when I went back, I, 
you know, there's moments when I'm sure you know going back where you're yeah. doing your spiel for the first time and then you go, oh, shit. What do I say here? Yeah. Mine was actually, I I kept on telling jokes that were in the OG the first time I was there, but they had changed the OG, and I I kept on getting corrected on, Uh hey, you can't tell that joke anymore. I'm like, um, why? Uh, There there were a lot of those. Randy Grant, basically, was my my retrain guy, Mm -hmm. and Randy was was sitting in in the boat with me on the first, uh, because it was like an hour of safety, and like, oh yeah, you still remember all this stuff, and that's like, I think I did my... My retrain in, God, what, it would maybe a day and a half. And mm-hmm. it was like an, an extra day and a half of just sitting around, just, you know, chuckling to each other that we were getting paid. Yeah. Uh, I, same he, thing. He, he same trainer, too. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he would have signed me off on the first day if he could have. So, uh, but yeah, but there's a lot of, yeah, that one's not a thing we do anymore. I'm like, well, why? Um, but yeah, there's, there's, it's funny how things change so much in two years. Yeah. And, and yet everything else doesn't change for, you know, 60, so. I got in huge trouble with the uh, black-footed rock hopper joke. You know that oh, one? yeah. So I didn't realize it wasn't in the OG anymore, which honestly makes total sense because we don't have rocks there to hop on any. Well, we have the rocks, but we have the thing. Yeah, the bridge. Um, so I noticed this moment. So there's all these people on the dock, and there's this one guy happened to be African-American, and I pointed out the black-footed rock hopper. And then a custodial guy walks out, and I pointed out, there's an albino one. <laughs> and then I go, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> At least you aren't, oh, who was it? The guy, the, the dinner and a show about the woman who was breastfeeding. There's this guy, oh, I wish I could remember his name. I think his name might have been Joey, um, who was there right as I hired in. And got fired, like full on fired for this offense. He was, you know, on his boat and this woman starts breastfeeding and he says out loud, oh, look, dinner and a show. But then immediately went, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Like he didn't say it out loud, but he definitely like knew. He knew at that moment that his career was over. And of course he got fired, but I I felt good though, because I I was, he was only there for like about a month of when I was there. And like two years later, I saw him talking to Jerry York at the dock and I pulled up and docked my boat and he pointed at me and goes, oh, Stephanie Grace is still here. I'm like, you remember me. In your moment of shame, you still remember. (laughs) You still remember me. And I'm like, hey, dinner and a show. I didn't say that. (laughs) That's awful if that's what you're known for, you know, the years later. So Yeah. Uh, like, like there's people who, uh, who I know who fell into the river, Mm -hmm. uh, who we, we, uh, had a memorial plank on the, on the uh, dock. We constantly refer to that as the, this cast member memorial plank, the point, the point where he tripped and fell into the river that one day. So I've only seen guests fall in the river. Oh, I've seen two skippers fall in the river. Oh, wow. And it was, one was, one was walking on the dock and tripped over his own feet and there was a boat at unload. He was all the way up at load. And of course, so there's good spacing. But mm-hmm. Yeah. I did, though. I fell one leg into the river yeah. between a boat, the boat and the dock one time because I just decided that I was too cool to watch where I was stepping. It was very early on. Yeah, there's a lot of that that goes around with kids these days. Yeah. Like, you know, kids every day. Feet, I don't need to know where my feet are yeah. going to be at. Let's just stick them wherever. And I do know. Do you remember Skipper Glenn? I, I do. Yep. And do you remember his fall? No. Oh, shit. So we were in a long ass downtime, like had happened back then, back yes. when you and I, back when I hired in, you know, you remember that like six hour long downtimes were like, 
a yeah. thing that happened. Uh, yeah, especially during the spring when there was a lot of vegetation issues. Yeah. Nowadays, it's totally different. Like, if you have a long downtime, it's like, the hell? Now, now it's just these six-hour-long waits because of the new loading procedures. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, he <laughs> decided during this downtime that he was going to climb off of his boat into the jungle. Um, he was a piranha pool and thought this would be an excellent plan. Um, and so he tried to step on the rock and fell into the water. And then he's like, oh, that's a bad plan. So he got back on his boat and took all of his clothes off and hung them on the boat. <laughs> Try to get them to dry in the six hours? Well, or it wasn't just... going to be six hours much longer because then like, it started. Like, then they were like, I'll both proceed to the dock. <laughs> So he had to like <laughs> get dressed, get fast. dressed real fast. Yeah, he was a <laughs> that guy. Uh, I um, my my last day, um, one of my like the first trips on one of my it was the first time I was leaving the jungle. So I, I got an extra pair of pants that I had had from costuming, mm-hmm. and I was going to turn them in that day to get my clear, you know, yeah. So. I'm out of the dock. I have the second pair of pants in the captain's crate. So I waited at Trader Sam with an empty boat Mm -hmm. for the dock to be totally clear. So I totally ran the dock, but I was standing behind the captain's crate so no one could see me from waist down. And I was (laughs) waving, waving the other pair of pants at the line as I went by. Went all the way by. (laughs) There was a skip in like... Uh, 98 or so who had bought um, a CB attachment that would plug into where the microphone was that you uh-huh. could put a three a three and a half uh, a three uh, three point five millimeter uh, plug mm-hmm. and he actually played um, on his last like Highway to Hell or something I can't remember the exact story but it he was basically playing or maybe it was Guns and Roses playing Welcome mm-hmm. to Jungle but he on his last trip he actually plugged it in just plugged his Walkman in <laughs> and just was playing music over the top of the PA system so. Um, oh. On Nick, Nick Smith's last boat. Were you on Nick Smith's last boat? I was not. Uh, I love that man. I was in love with that man because he was, I was called him my future ex husband. Um, but he played banana phone over the PA on his last, on his last boat. And then he made fun of my boyfriend <laughs> at the time, which was easy. <laughs> uh, oh, the days. Yeah. So now, so then you, uh, when, when, when was your. The first time you left was... Um, well, I only left the one time, and that was well, just... Well, no, you had to have left two times. Oh, like... yeah, I guess I've left two times. Yeah, yes. you're right. First time I left was um, in February of 2013. So you had a good um, stretch. I mean, that good oh, six, seven years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been there a long time by the time that I left, and it was just because I was turning 26, and I needed uh, health insurance. Of course, had I stayed two months longer, then Obamacare would have come into effect and they would have, and all the healthcare reform, Mm -hmm. and they would have been forced to give me full time because I was working 40 hours uh, and I'd been there for so long and all that stuff. So, had I just waited a little bit, I wouldn't have had to go deal with the horror that was my other job. Oh, hindsight. Yeah, but you know, I don't regret it because we got this house because I left and money was more stable and, um, you know, so. My life would not be where it is today if I yeah. hadn't left. The first and then, so, time. then, so then you went back for six, eight months. Yeah, yeah, I came back, and my um, training was on the day I had left, mm-hmm. like literally, like one year. Yeah. So uh, actually, today, today I, I was doing the math. Today is actually the 
14th anniversary of my hire date today. Oh, congratulations, so I this, guess. this would have been when I would have hired into DCA for the first time way back when. Oh, wait, so, so where did you... I started, uh, I opened uh, DCA. I did uh, Malibumer, Orange Stinger. Uh, oh, nice. And then went over to Disneyland after, like I did like a year and a half over there, left for six months, then came back to Disneyland. Okay. So I had three separate uh, hire Hire times, dates, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so did you, uh, one of the things we talk about a lot, uh, that's kind of been a running theme is that every skipper has their summer and that when you come back, even if you'd been there a long time and then leave and come back, that the second time is always radically different. Uh, you know, that either policies or people or whatever, did you, did you find that the second run just wasn't the same magic as you had or that your perception was very rose colored glasses? I don't, you know, it, it felt pretty much the same. I mean, luckily for me, I left right as the new loading procedures were implemented. So I did know all the, you know, the, the, it was just one year of new procedures being put in there. So, so I did know about that. Um, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird mostly because when, you know, I've been there for so long and when you've been there for so long, people get these ideas about you that are maybe false, maybe true. And so I came back and everyone was like, oh, this is going to be great. Stephanie Grace is here. She'll help us on parades. She knows what she's doing. And I'm like, I have no idea what happens on parades. I haven't done this in six years. Yeah. So that was mostly people, I don't know, had ideas about my competence that I did not share. I, I had that problem forever because my actual competence <laughs> is so low that any positive opinions on it was very highly rated. That's, so. yeah, I, I never uh, uh, overestimate your competence. You know, maybe I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> even, even even not estimating, you're you're over estimating that you have some. Yeah, uh, no, and I I don't know. I, I was really impressed you drove here today. I yes, <laughs> he's here. What oh, do I do now? Wow. Yeah, he knows how to run a microphone, man. <laughs> ITT technical uh, It took you a been... while to get the microphone set up. So. Yeah, you know, U- University <laughs> of Phoenix was good for him. <laughs> uh, uh, I was telling you about when we, uh, before we got started, that uh, I'm always amazed when I talk to, to skippers, either online, Facebook, emails, and, uh-huh. um, and I, get, I get things that I had not ever heard before, joke-wise. Yeah. And it makes it, things that make so much total sense Mm -hmm. and um someone had had shot me like their favorite joke when they had worked in the 80s was um all right we're headed off in the deep uh deep recesses of the jungle this is a trip that could take literally forever and then pause or about half an hour or 10 minutes because my lunch is coming up here really shortly (laughs) as i build the sense of mystery and then just shut Shut it it. (laughs) yeah that's a pretty good one yeah um yeah, it's uh, the other one that I really like. I may have I may have said this. In the, I was I was uh, telling uh, Kip this, and it's the uh, when you get out to the indie queue and you've got the monkey god right there. Mm-hmm. It's a very dangerous spirit of the jungle. Uh, you know, it's a force of malevolence that could total all of the population in here. Could cause untold horror and havoc. But it's okay, folks. Uh, he's only summoned if you say his name backwards. Because it's uh, Bob. <laughs> Bob the monkey god. I, I didn't set that joke up correctly. I totally... You said the front that his name is Bob, the evil monkey god, but he's only summoned if yeah. you say his name backwards. That was a joke slayer moment. No, I, really but just... you know, though, like, I found, I found 100%, my husband will often 
quote back my Jungle Cruise jokes to me. And I will be like, that was funny. Where'd you hear that? If I'm out of the jungle, I cannot tell a Jungle Cruise joke. Yeah. I can't even remember them. <laughs> and yet for for a while, it's when you uh, when you leave, like for the next couple of weeks, it's like cool runnings. You know, when they're in the in the beds and they're like doing the bobsled run in their mind. It's the same yeah. thing. Where, you know, it's you have those work dreams, the job dreams where you you know, you're doing eight minute trips all night long in your in mm-hmm. your in your uh, dreams because that's gets so embedded in what you're doing. I just had like repetitive dreams of getting fired right around the time that I hired in <laughs> that, that I, I cross trained Indy the first time. I had they're actually pretty. I have really intense dreams. And I had one dream that I was playing in the park and Frank called me. And he's like, you're cross training to Indy in 15 minutes. You have to be there now. And I'm like, oh, God, thank God I'm here. So I run. And it's like, if you're late, you're fired. And I run to costuming. And there's not a single Indy costume. Not even one that doesn't fit. Is, is that, I think that's the, I think that's the um, Disney employee version of, you know, the dream where you go on stage and you're naked. As yeah. The, it's the, uh, you're being uh, signed off for an attraction on that day, and but you've never been through training for it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that, you know, fear of, I have to go do uh, my Space Mountain PA and I've never been trained on this ride. Yeah, yeah. I had a dream that my throttle cord snapped and that I crashed a boat and they're like, sorry, you're fired. Like, my throttle cord. Uh, I had a dream one time where... Um, <laughs> where somehow I had a jungle cruise boat that I was out on the rivers of America. And I'm like, how did this get here? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> not, this isn't supposed to be here. It didn't even like, occur this to is, me that those don't go to other this is the other This is the worst rotation ever. <laughs> uh, this is the Swanee lady on I, it's the like rivers Jer- of America. Jerry's like, take a setup, go out to rivers of America. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, like on... Uh, April Fool's Day, like he would do that. I have spieled the um, the Mark Twain though. Oh. Uh, I actually did this thing where we had the little, um, like you know, kids PA, like the little bullhorn thing. Yeah, yeah. And one day we were all getting silly, and uh, we took that, and I actually went to that ride and to Small World and all the all the and, and pirates. Oh, nice. And we took turns doing really stupid spiels <laughs> uh, over the PA, quote unquote, at all the. We had a competition a while back um, of uh, it was. The uh, Jungle Cruise went and did canoes, and the canoes went and did Jungle Cruise, yep. and of course Jungle Cruise won. Yep. But so you know, one of the things that I I think I have said this before, and this may just be the fact that you wear glasses, but I've always had this perception that your humor is very smart. That that there is just this. Now, once again, maybe totally wrong. It's totally wrong. Totally There's, wrong. Yeah, poop jokes. Okay. <laughs> All right. No. Um, I don't really know. What, well, actually, you know, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, I wordplay. I think it is. I think wordplay yeah. makes you seem smart. Thank you. Um, I, I tend to think that I don't want to dumb down my jokes for people. Yeah. Now, given there's some jokes that I think are hilarious that I've tried and I've given up on because yeah, there's just some that. Don't. <laughs> But yeah, but I, you know, I tend to say the jokes that I think are funny and cause, the, I, cause if I say a joke that's stupid, I just don't really like the, you know, Rhino's going to get his point across in the end joke that much. No. I'm just not really into it. Some people really love some, it. Yeah. Some people are into being poked in the end. I, I mean, well, I'm into that, but I just don't think it's not, it's not a laughing matter. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, for me, the, the wordplay is always be- best because I think, you know, as, as a doctor, mm-hmm, um, yeah. that the pun is the mathematically perfect form of humor. It absolutely is. Because everyone knows the shortest distance between any two puns is a straight line. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Drop the mic on that. That one. was a thing. That was a thing. <laughs> well, the pun is a very dangerous joke. It has been banned in China. Yeah. I'm not, and that is 100% not even a joke. Because there's it, so many words that sound like other words that yeah. just causes confusion. Yeah, it's the perfect language for it, and they've banned it, and it just makes me, of all the things, make me angry about there's, China. There's a Tumblr that is uh, words that mean one thing but are actually used in a different context in China. It's like signs. I'll find it for you. It's a pretty okay. amazing Tumblr. Thank you. So. <laughs> I, I would look at this. <laughs> so, um, but no, I've always felt that that smart jokes are... Much more satisfying when they land. Yeah. But they have a lower accuracy rate. Yes. You know, that's, um, that's it's, true. It's, it's a sniper rifle instead of a, a rocket launcher. Yeah. Uh, some of the jokes that are told in the Jungle Cruise are wide area sprays to go mm-hmm. to the lowest common denominator. And then there are jokes that you go that are a little smarter of a joke. I mean, is that yeah. kind of the way you felt about it, too? Definitely. Um, and I think that a lot of my jokes... Uh, a lot of my jokes, I, I measure if they're funny by other skippers laugh at them, not necessarily the guests. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we all perform for the other skippers. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. Like, one of my favorite jokes, my sister, actually, somebody might have done it before me, but I, I credit my sister with creating. It's when I was first uh, reading through the the OG, I was telling her all the jokes I thought were so funny. I'm like, oh, this is so funny. This is so funny. My favorite joke still is, like, you, know, you go over at the rhino. What I say at the rhino is... No, look at that, everybody. That's amazing. Take some pictures. There's got to be a million rocks on that beach. You know, that's my number one favorite joke. But uh, I was telling her the uh, one of the dancing natives, you know, the let me see if I could translate them. Uh-huh. 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 Oh, no, sorry. Not a word. And she just goes, what if you just said, oh, yeah, I sure can. And then just like drove off. <laughs> and so I, I did that. My, I've never done another no. joke there. Because uh, I love that one so much. And, you know, sometimes guests will get it. A lot of times they'll be like, what did they say? They just don't get it. But every time a skipper goes on my joke, that's always their favorite. The one I actually, the one that I, the one that I used that got dated way too fast. Uh-huh. So I knew that it was, it was one of the non-OG jokes I should have dropped way. <laughs> it's one of the few that I did that was really not maybe in the spirit of the jungle, but it was so subtle <laughs> Yeah. But I don't think people got it. it was, you go up to the dancing natives and like, guys, up ahead on the right-hand side, there's a native village and they're doing some kind of a tribal river dance of some sort. But really, I just think they're doing it flatly. Yes. I've heard that one. <laughs> I, uh, that was my favorite one that I did there. And it, uh, yeah, it, it had a low success rate. I still love the endangered hippo joke, although... Which one? The Are you not aware of the endangered hippo uh, joke? You know what? There's always new things, so... I don't know if I should even talk about it, because I, I, it was advertised to me as an immediate way to get fired. Well, no, then please do, because we want to uh, inform people. But what if they people. fire me? Yeah. Wanna, yeah, what if they fire you now? Don't do this joke, children. Don't try this at Retroactively home. fire her now. Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. When I, when I left, I went and talked to John Borders, and everybody's like, I can't believe you're leaving. He's like, she'll be back. <laughs> so your rehire status is still good, is what we're saying. I, I'm not going to go back, though. I, I'm, yeah. I'm infamous I, now. You know, I think, I, <laughs> but I think I, I will want to go back when I'm like 65. That's what I was thinking too. I, there's a point where when I've uh, become, you know, when I've become an older skipper. Yeah. But yeah, no. When I get to that point where I've, you know, financially secure, when you don't have to work there for money, it's a great place to work. Yeah. Uh, when you have to look at it as cashing a paycheck to get food and live. It's a little difficult. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's it's too bad that that Disneyland's not within like the LA because if they if they bump the minimum wage in LA to thirteen bucks an hour, imagine yeah. what would happen in Anaheim if they bumped it to twelve bucks an hour. 
uh, yeah. first of all, the economy would just blow up with all the cast members who would be getting pay raises. Yeah. And then Disney would find a way to keep on charging more for that. But, you know, yeah. let's let's be honest that with the work that is done, that cast members are underpaid. Yeah. On my biggest problem when I went back is, yes, I absolutely agree with that. But it, right now, it's impossible to even... So I went back, and I do a lot of work out of my house. But um, And so I was doing that while I was at Jungle Cruise. Um, and... I was getting like 24 hours a week, yeah. but through four-hour shifts. Yeah, that's always that's the thing I don't understand about uh, when I was managing for Barnes and Noble. Their big push was four-hour shifts because you didn't have to give a lunch, and the coverages were supposedly easier. But it it creates a hostility with your with your workforce. So yeah. I I always found ways to schedule eight hour. You know, if I was going to use someone only 16 yeah. hours, I'd give them two days because they're going to be happier. And fresher and come in. And I, I think yeah. the quality of the workforce, when you give quality shifts to people. And the other thing is because there's so there is no off-season. We've established this. Oh, Disneyland yeah. has gotten rid of it now. Yeah. Um, but because of that, you, you have this. I, I understand, you know, from a company's perspective how with a four-hour shift, you have to give less breaks and there's less coverage. But... Look, with, with people working at Disney, a lot of them are coming from so far away. Yeah. You know, I, I looked at the Long Beach, because I'm living in Long Beach now, and with my, with my uh, work that I do as a photographer, I could go back mm-hmm. and work three days a week or four days a week. But because there's no off-season, because the employment pool is so large, mm-hmm. they don't need to work with college students yeah. yeah they don't need to work with your schedule and they won't <laughs> yeah it's not like it used to be that you could go in and say look i have classes monday through monday, yeah. monday and wednesday from eight until 12 and i'm not available they you, just don't give a shit yeah they, there is not an ability to create any kind of a yeah. um, lack of availability if you have anything that takes away from your availability they're not going to hire you anymore yeah yeah and they'll give you points if you have to call in they won't give you ados uh yeah if i could have worked if i could have worked you know Two or three days and called and, and you know... Um, yeah, or just say... <laughs> but you can't even say, I'm only available. Look, even... Yeah. Hey, I'll work Friday, Saturday, Sundays. The old CR, the weekend CR thing that they used yeah. to have was great for people who, you know, were not in a position to work other times. Yeah. And I really think that that scrambling for hours or the other side of it, which is being overscheduled when you have other commitments... And as they're cutting to the 30-hour, 29.5 hours only rule yeah. because they, they're they concerned about paying for health care, which I, I still think is idiotic. Um, you know, look, if you're not going to pay people, you know, the living wage, at least get them benefits. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it doesn't create a workforce environment. And, you know, I want to make the last couple episodes, I've said things like this and gotten a lot of pushback that people are like, oh, you've changed to being really anti-Disney. No, I'm not at all. I'm just talking about... You know, what creates the best guest experience, and it's happy yeah. cast members. Yeah. And I think that they could use their, their resources in a different way, but it would, it would involve laying off some people and then raising yeah. up other people. Yeah. But, it, you know, it, it's tough. They're a big company, and I've worked, you know, I left Disney. I, left, I went to a different corporate company, uh, and uh, it was awful. I left because they were treating their customers so badly. Yeah. Not because they would treat me very well. I was paid very well. I had amazing benefits, but I couldn't deal with that. <clears throat> and their company just was run so poorly on the inside that it makes me so happy 
about Disney because mm-hmm. Disney's what's so well run. Yeah. But, you know, America can't get its politics together on how much welfare and health insurance and stuff. And Disney can't either because it's a big company. Yeah. And they have a lot of people making the decisions and it's not easy. Yeah. You know, it's never going to be easy, but you can just hope that hope that eventually they'll get their act together and figure yeah. out something that works better. You know what I learned recently when the um, announcement for Ghostbusters came out and they were like with Kristen Wiig and uh, what's the... Oh, it's uh, Kate McKinnon, Kirsten yeah. Wiig, uh, Melissa McNaught Funny, and... Aww. Uh, She's and, representation. It's important. Yeah, anyway. we'll, we'll talk. But no, yeah. no, and then the other gal who they got the from Saturday Night Live, uh, yeah. whose name I cannot for the light... I don't watch SNL, but I saw a little bit with her, and she's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I realized recently that I had um, been mistaken that um, Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon weren't the same person. <laughs> I was like, that person is from these sketches the, that I thought were Christian Wig sketches. I had no idea. I actually really uh, think that for the Annie Potts role, that they have to find um, a man with a really annoying vo- voice to take the Annie Potts <laughs> character role in Ghostbusters. Yes. Because if I mean, they can do an entire, fe- if they're going to gender swap the entire thing, you know, you need to go all out. It needs to be. Let's go all lesbian. Well, no, 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 but I'm talking about like Sigourney Weaver's character uh-huh. has to be played by Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> uh, you have to flip everything. The, we have to get a Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, the Rick, Mor- Rick Moranis character has to be played by I'm trying it's someone on the female side. Yeah. It has to be an entire gender. Swap. It's too bad that um that uh, what's his name Ben Stein is not young because that would be perfect for the yeah. annoying receptionist. <laughs> <laughs> that could be interesting or um. Yeah, but I think that there's someone. You could find someone with the... Uh... Man, no, never mind. I had an idea, and then the idea was bad. I was like, uh, Audrey Plaza for the Rick Moranis role, but she's not nerdy. She's just, like, mean. Well, I and I would even go, like, um, who's the really, really annoying guy who uh, um, was the Olaf the Snowman? Uh, oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Um, I don't know. I spend so much time in these podcasts not having memory. Um, but yeah, no, I think you could find someone who could be really, you know, fun in that. Or, um, the guy who was in, uh, Ugly Betty, the assistant who was in Ugly Betty. I didn't watch Ugly Betty, but I think I know what you're talking about. Anyway, but yeah, but just gender swap the entire thing. So, so what else as far as jungle, like, memory? Anyway, so about the, uh. Welcome to uh, Distraction Theater. I know, right? Um, it's okay. It's normal. (laughs) But, uh, during the, um, the Pirates premiere, I was standing out front and, uh, uh, just greeting, and this guy comes up, and he's like, you know, I'm producing a movie about this attraction. And I go, oh, well, make sure you do it right. Just kind of, like, joking around, making small talk. And he, like, fucking flipped. He was like, well, right in the eye of the beholder. And I was like... Yeah, well, that, that's what they said about the Haunted Mansion movie with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I did say, I just want, I was just doing my job. I was like, yeah, that's true, even though it's not. But it was just so funny, because I was like, dude, I am like 20 years old. I work at the Jungle Cruise. You why, really... are you, why are you kissing my ass? And you know, yeah, Why are you freaking out about my opinion? I'm not going to ask me. <laughs> you know, and it's, I really think that, um, the, this kind of ties into the Ghostbusters thing. Look, if it was a sequel rather than a reboot... Mm-hmm. Would people be upset about the fact that it was an all women cast? Probably not as much because it ties into the continuity. Yeah. 
people look they're not 13 years old like they were when the first one came out and they don't have that memory about what that that movie was yeah you know but I think if it had some continuity to it and it didn't feel people weren't like it's replacing yeah but it's not replacing that other thing will still exist it's fine yeah it's okay if they make new Star Wars movies they're going to be different yeah It's, it's I'll even go so far as to say it's okay if Chris Pratt becomes Indiana Jones because it's not taking away from anything that's been before. Yeah. Although I still don't know if he's the right person for the role. But, you know, it's it doesn't yeah. take away from what people, you know, had in the past. It's something different. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I... yes, yes, it'd be great if they did something new that's amazing. But, you know, let's Disney doesn't do new and amazing, for example, because people don't want that. They want nostalgia.